Welcome to our Through the Bible study here on Bible In-Depth Network with Alex. In our study, we look at the context of Scripture and how it applies to our daily lives. We also believe that there's no limitation to the revelation of the Word God. Let's study together today. Yes, praise be to God. I hope you're safe. I hope the Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is the day that the Lord has met. We shall rejoice. We shall be glad in it. Thank you for joining us for our time of the study of the Word of God. And uh, we are handling the book of Matthew. And uh, I want us to continue today from where we left off with the chapter 11 of the book of Matthew. And it starts by telling us that when Jesus had finished giving instructions to his 12 disciples, he departed from there to teach and to preach in their cities. Of course, we start by being told that Jesus has given instruction to his 12 disciples. There are the many disciples, sometimes we are told of the 70, but then in this case, there's specific, a specific number of 12, the ones that we know of, the ones we call the apostles, Yeah, that Jesus is giving instructions to. He's instructing them on how to live their life. He's instructing them on issues of ministry, on how, and we've seen that in all the past uh, uh, texts we've been reading, Jesus giving instruction to his disciples about how to live, about what to do, about prayer, about fasting. He gives them instruction about ministry. When you go out, he's given them authority, he's given them everything. And he has been with them and teaching them. So when he finishes giving them instruction, he departs and goes now to teach. Huh? Keyword, to teach and to preach in their cities. In whose cities? In the cities of these disciples. Now, Jesus does not leave it to them. Yeah, He says, I will go to your city. Where do you come from, Peter? Give me the village you come from. So I'll go there and I'll teach. Where do you come from, Matthew? Give me the village that you come from and I'll go there and teach. So now you have this delegation that comes along with Jesus each to their own city. Now that's amazing what Jesus does. That when you're accepting Christ, you have to know that where you come from is still important. You have to know that there, there is some evangelism to do in your village. There is evangelism to do from where you come from, from your family. You don't just leave them there. Now, Jesus, knowing this good news that he's brought, he also knows that it's important for it to be taken to the cities or to the home areas of his disciples. So, they sit down and they do a schedule and they say, okay, this week we are going to this place where Matthew comes from. So, that will be a day that will be full of interesting things to see because when they reach there and how they knew Matthew in his own village, where he grows up, in his own city, this is, what the, this is a tax collector, this guy is a thief, these are the guys we hate, and now they see him come with a big delegation, which includes Jesus, and they are spreading the good news, they are speaking about the good things, the kingdom of heaven. And that's what was happening as they went to each and every city of these disciples that they come from. And 
what a sight it was. That one person they might have known in the city to be a thief has now come with good news. And sometimes we fear to go and preach to our own people. We fear to go out and preach to our own cities, to our own families. We fear because we of the past and how they knew you and how they knew that you are the worst of all. And like, how, how, how can I go back? They will not believe me. But when you have Christ, he gives you the, the, the power to go to places even where you fear. And Jesus here takes them and says, let us go. We've got to preach there as well. So each to their own city. He taught and he preached. Those are two different things. To teach. Yeah, people understand the word. Like sit down and teach. And there, there are even questions that can be asked I wonder how it would be now if in our churches or in our places of worship we would uh, take moments and put up your hand and ask a question, how that would go. But um, in this case, teaching, with teaching, you will have to be elaborate enough. People will have to understand what you're teaching. People will ask questions and all that Jesus did, he would answer people's questions and also he would preach about the kingdom that is to come. To them, So he goes to the cities of the apostles. Where you come from, you do not forget. Whichever place you come from, you do not forget because you've accepted Christ. You actually take Christ there. Yeah, When you have Christ, you take him where you've been born. You, you take him where your home is. You take him to your family and let them know about him. It's not good for you to retain the good to yourself because... The gospel is good. Having Christ is good. And you don't retain it to yourself and, and kick out the rest. No. You also have to let people know about Christ. You go and take Christ to your city. You go and take Christ to your village. You go and take Christ to your home, to your family. And they know about him. Verse 2. Now when John, while imprisoned, they are talking about John the Baptist. This is the man who prepared the way for Christ. This is a man who went out preaching in the wilderness. This is a man who caused a revival in the land of Israel. And now we are being told he was imprisoned. Do bad things happen to God's people? Yes, they do. Can bad things happen to leaders, to men of God, to people who serve God? Yes, it can happen. Because now, with the CV that John the Baptist had, how would you expect John to be in prison? But now we are told, while he was in prison, while he was having a tough time, while things were not going well for him, yeah. remember, John being a minister and uh, the one who prepares the way and also uh, a man of God, he ended up in prison. If you follow that story from Mark chapter 6, verse 17, for Herod himself had sent forth and laid upon John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodas, his brother's his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. So this is the reason that he was in prison. Yeah, he was taken to prison by Herod because of Herodias. And John had told Herod, It's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Yeah, it's not right. And Herodias said, uh, herself against him and desired to kill him but couldn't. So they just ended up throwing him in prison. So while he's there, not having a very good time because the the prison, of course, is a place of 
suffering. Yeah, he heard of the works of Christ. Hmm? He heard about what the this man that he baptized, what he was doing in the land. He heard of the things that Jesus was doing, the works. You know, the things you do, the works you do, eventually get heard. If you keep quiet and do nothing, then nothing will be known. If you get out and do something, then it will be known. So he heard of the works of Christ, and he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the expected one, or shall we look for somebody else? Now, the disciples of John, because he had disciples, he had people that he uh, used to lead. And now, what is happening when they come to visit John in the prison? They tell him about the move that is happening in Israel. They tell him about the the revival that is going on in the land. Yeah, Remember, they had their own revival during their time. They had their own revival in the time of John in the wilderness and his disciples. But since John is in prison, that chapter has ended. And by the way, he has ushered in the new level of ministry, which is that of Christ. So when they go to visit him in the prison, he says, okay, what's going on out there? They tell him, you know, there is this man, the one who you baptized. He's making things happen. Things are happening. People are being healed. There are droves and droves of people who are following him. The disciples yeah, of John are giving a report to John about the things happening while he's in prison. And they're telling him there's such a great power that flows with him. But when they're having their discussion, there are some things they expect of the Messiah who was to come. There are some things they had in their minds, probably, that when the Messiah comes, he will help them fight the captors. He would help them overcome the Romans. He would help them gain victory. He would not just have the spiritual authority, but also physically he would be able to fight battles for them. John is hearing about the man that he comes out to tell them that this is the one that I baptize yeah, in the name of the Father. And he is telling them, he's being told that things are still the same out there as far as politics is concerned. He even has enemies among the Pharisees, among the the top, yeah, the leaders, officials, they do not like him. Yeah. And he's asking himself a question. Is he the one? You know, sometimes you can usher in something because that's what John does. He ushers in the ministry of Christ. He baptizes him. He is sure. He knows that this is the one from God. This is the son of God. But then there's doubt that starts to creep in. And he's wondering, are you the one? Or should we look for somebody else? I mean, I'm here in prison seated. I think he expected that he would be out of prison soon because the one he baptized or the Messiah that he has said has come should be able to give them liberty. And sometimes we lead and lose faith. Sometimes we are the forefront of an issue. And along the way, things happen to us and we lose faith. And we do not believe that this is what we fought for. And we do not believe 
that this is what we ushered in. And he does not believe at any one point right now. He is in doubt saying, is this the Messiah? Or should we expect somebody else? You might have led a ministry and something happened to you. Captivity of a sort. Or trouble of some sort. Or hurt of some sort. And you lost faith. And now you're asking, is this really Christianity? Is this really salvation? Is this how it is? And you just don't believe in it anymore. You're like John the Baptist. Because of what you're going through, you do not believe. Now Jesus answers them and says, Go and report to John what you hear and what you see. Hmm? The blind receive sight because Jesus had prayed for them and they would see. The lame walk. Those who would not be able to walk, Jesus had prayed for them and they were walking. The lepers are cleansed. Those who were hated and were segregated in the society of Israel. He says they're now cleansed. Go and tell John that the lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear those who had who would not hear anymore and Jesus had prayed for them. Right now, they can hear. Go and tell John the Baptist about that. The dead are raised up. We may not find so many stories of the dead being raised, but there are many who were raised from the dead. As Jesus is speaking here, that the dead are raised up. Go and tell John that the man that he baptized is raising the dead. And go and tell him also that the poor have the gospel preached to them. You know, sometimes the poor are neglected. Sometimes you don't even want to go and preach to places where there's the, the, the category of people you're preaching to don't look like they are well off or they don't have some money or there's a certain standard that we want to preach to. But in this case, even the poor are receiving ministry from Christ because Christ does not segregate. He takes us all and he uses us all and he goes even to the poor and he tells him, go and tell John the Baptist, these things. And blessed is he who does not take offense at me. John should not doubt that I'm the Messiah. The things that he is going through have shaped him to start to think a certain way. The things that you are going through have shaped you to start to think a certain way. Because you lost your job. You start to think a certain way that Christ does not exist. You start to doubt his power. Because you lost something so dear to you, you feel like Christ does not exist anymore. But I want to tell you one thing. That Christ exists. And these things are being done for people. Like he tells him the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. Good things are happening to other people out there. Even if for you might be in prison and you feel like things are not happening. The power of Christ moves and is being shown out there. And though we go through trials and temptations, in the time where you're going through a trial, there's somebody who's getting a blessing. In the times where you're going through trouble, there's a miracle happening elsewhere. That's proof that God exists. That's proof that Christ is out there ready to help and willing to change and help somebody and your turn shall come as well do not lose hope in christ because of what you're going through don't let that jail cell that you're seated in let you lose hope in christ 
He is the Messiah. He is the one. And all that Jesus does, he does not have to explain to them with words. He says, go and speak about what you've seen because actions speak louder than words. As these men were going away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. Now he says, let me tell you about John. Let me tell you about that man whose disciples have just been here. He's telling now his, the crowds that are with him about John the Baptist. Of course, they all knew that John had been imprisoned. Yeah, They all knew, the crowds knew, that this man who had led a revival in our land is in the jail cells. And he says, what did you go out in what did you go out into the wilderness to see? He's asking the crowds. A reed shaken by the wind. But what did you go out to see? He's asking them. A man dressed in soft clothing. Those who wear soft clothing are in king's palaces. What did you go out to see? A prophet? And he says, yes, I tell you. And one who is more than a prophet. He's acknowledging John the Baptist. That when you are going out in the wilderness, you went to see a prophet. That man who's seated in the jail cell is a prophet. You know, sometimes, you, for, because of the troubles you go through, you forget your position in Christ. You, you forget that you hold so much power, that you hold so much authority. He's telling the people, that man seated in the cells is a prophet. And he's not just a prophet, he's more than a prophet. What are you going through that has led you to forget your identity in Christ? That has led you to start to doubt everything, to doubt if you'll even have a meal to eat? You're a child of God. Do not doubt that. You are more than what you think. You are more than the situation has brought you to. And he's saying he is more than a prophet. This is the one who it's been written. Behold, I send my messenger before face ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. This man who came, this John the Baptist, had a big role, had a special role to prepare the way for the Lord. Truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Among those born of women. Now, by this point, there are so many great people that have lived straight from the time of Abraham, straight from the time, and you come through them in their generations. And he says, among those born of women, there has not arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet, now, what makes John the Baptist great? What makes him greater? What makes him greater than everybody else? This man lives at a time and comes at a time where there is transition from the prophets because Israel has been living under prophets. And he comes in the wilderness at the time, creating the transition that brings in the new era, the new era of Christ. If you are the one that is handling that transition, clearly you are the greatest of them all. Clearly, the, your CV is way up there. And that's what John the Baptist has. And he goes on and says, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. He's saying, the kingdom of heaven is here. Now you just be part of it. You'll be greater than John the Baptist. <laughs> he's saying, you and I, if we are just the least in the kingdom of heaven, we are greater than he. We are greater than the man who led the transition 
from the prophets to the Messiah, to the days of Christ. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and violent men take it by force. From the time that John the Baptist has been, he goes on and tells us the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. There is violence physically. There is violence that is existing politically in their land. There is violence that exists in the spiritual world as well. Because we don't just fight flesh. Some battles you fight are spiritual. Many battles we fight are spiritual. Are with principalities. yeah, And it's not uh, something that is easy. Yeah, he says the violent men take it by force. The violent men does not imply that people who are out there killing others doesn't imply this uh, violence in the physical sense. No, if you're going to fight in the spiritual world where there is so much attack, then you have to be ready, you have to be strong enough, you have to be ready to go and do it. Take it by force. Take victory by force. Take healing by force. Take all the things that pertain of the salvation by force. And he says that is what the kingdom of heaven suffers. And for all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. Sometimes we misunderstand this to imply that there is no more power of prophecy. That it ended in the time of John. That's not what it does imply. But he says that for all the prophets and the law prophesied until the time of John, because John, when John the Baptist comes, he ushers in Christ. And when Christ comes, then that's a totally different era. But from all the earlier years up until John the Baptist comes, it is the prophets and the law. And they were there serving the people of Israel. And if you are willing to accept it, John himself is Elijah who was to come and uh, let him who has ears, let him hear. Um, he's, he's moving and he's working in the spirit of Elijah. That's what we are being told here. Uh, I know the discussion might come out and people are asking, okay, is John Elijah? It's a big debate. It's a big discussion. But um, from knowing how Elijah lives and how John the Baptist, we are told, is born, that gives us a discussion there. That are they one and the same. But what we know is that the spirit in which he serves, the spirit in which he comes out to minister, is related here to be the same. But to what shall I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces who call out to other children and say, we played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he has a demon. When people come out in ministry, they are called all sorts of things. They are talked about in all sorts of ways. They are, they are, they are accused of all sorts of things. Jesus himself is accused to be using uh, Beelzebub, to have the spirit of a demon that he's working through. John too was accused. So it appears that people who serve God need to be ready to be accused of some things that are false. They're accusing John to work with a demon. They accuse Christ uh, to work with a demon. And the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a gluttonous man 
and a drunkard. They called Jesus gluttonous. They called Jesus a drunkard. A friend of tax collectors and sinners. They called him all that. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. They called Jesus all that. What have they called you? And now, because of what they've called you, you feel like you can't go forward. People who work for Christ, people who lead, people who minister, people who serve, people who have accepted Christ should be ready at any one point for attack. People can attack you. People can speak wrongly about you. But do you stop? No. You go forward. And we shall go forward in ministry and do what God has called us to do. It doesn't matter how much they abuse you. I remember years ago, it very many, some good number of years ago, you would feel shy to come out and say you were a Christian. Specifically that you, you accepted Christ because of the way you would be uh, ashamed, the way you would be abused. I remember the school I used to attend in, in, in primary where we had a preacher who would come on Sundays to preach and uh, the school of course was dominantly of other religion and there, were, there was a, a few a number of, of students who had accepted Christ Yeah, we used to call them saved yeah, they used to call the saveds and then we would sit in a classroom and this preacher would come and preach. But it's like if you would enter that classroom, everyone would be looking at you laughing and saying these are the CFDs. They would call you that. And they would mock you. And it would appear shameful. And one day, the head of a school came and pulled out this preacher from the classroom who had come to preach and slapped him. It was so shameful. And everybody was seeing, everybody was watching this. And it appeared shameful that now you're going to associate with the man that was beaten up. It appeared shameful that you're part of the group that had such a level of disrespect come to you, even through your leader. But you need to know that it does not matter what they do. You stick to Christ. It does not matter what position you're going to hold in your workplace, even if it is only you, stick to Christ. They will say the wrong things about you. They will laugh. They will mock. But you stick to Christ because he's the one that matters. They will say false things. But it's not you who is the first to be spoken. Even the one that you serve was called a man who was gluttonous, a drunkard. He was spoken of to be working with demons. Yet he is the Son of God. Father, we thank you for your word today. We exalt you and give you glory and honor. And we pray that you bless us and prosper us in our ways. In Jesus' my name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our study today. We believe that the world of God is alive and new each day. Open your heart and let God speak to you. You can also access our teachings through our Podbean channel or reach us through our website bibleindepth.com.